0: We get to talk about these wonderful things. We've been talking about communion. Last week, I just felt so, just the sweet presence of just pressing in this idea of like what it is. or just the body, when you start looking at that bread, which by the way, I've been trying, I've been wrestling with it. I just want to get, you get it now and you just chew on it slowly or we just break it all together at once. Because as, I, I love when we do it. Okay, well, Vicki said votes. we're doing it together. So never mind. I agree. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But what we'll do so we're going to go and have some time. We're just going to have some quiet meditative time just to pray. We're not going to have a bunch of singing and everything. Just just soaking and meditating and just and gathering groups. I'm going to have you guys gather in groups and do this together because I think it's beautiful. I don't I know it's imp- important to do it by yourself, individual. There's an individual layer, right? But we're going to kind of talk about actually the community layer of it because there is importance of communion. Communion is community. It's it's, it's communion, it's oneness with God. We're asking to be in one relationship with God, but not only one relationship with God, but one relationship with one another. Because let me tell you, God's awesome. We kind of stink sometimes. You know, just the the friends and family that you guys, or we just, or we might not get to know each other. We're just kind of apathetic and we kind of, we know you're here. We know you exist, but we don't really know each other very well. So um, I think it's beautiful. It shows the love of Christ to eat this together and to weep together and to celebrate together um so we're going to do that so recap last week we talked about um actually last two weeks ago we talked about holiness what it is we've been redeemed we're no longer our own and as we presume we are being sanctified we want to be sanctified um because we've talked about like that idea of like we don't want to be how barely good of a christian can i be um and this is just to give an example of um of just how this is you know this is we're gonna say the word sex in here, because I, so the reason why I say that is because you know how those relationships go. You know those teenagers that you're like, okay, don't have sex, right? Okay, I'm just saying it out loud, and, and don't have sex, right? That's that's don't do it. This is the this is the line. This is the line. This is the tiptoe of the sin. But what we don't encourage is like, how pure can you make your life? We don't go. We we all. The, if you know any teenager or if you know anybody, if you've been a teenager, which, you know, praise God, we've all been teenagers at one point, um, we all found ourselves, well, how close? You guys have been tempted that way, I'm sure. Have you guys been tempted that way? You're like, how close? How, how is this qu- not quite what it is, but it is what it is. You know, you, you know what you're doing. So anyway, we do that same thing with our relationship with God. We're like, okay, how close can I get to kind of sin, but not really sin. How close can I just start lying and just, it's like, really, are you really with God? Or are you really with, where are you going? Like, what relationship are you having? What kind of closeness do you want with God? So we want to say, God, I want more of you. I want, I want to go as far as will you let me go, as close in a relationship as you'll let me be. I want to embrace sanctification. I want to embrace it. So we talked about embracing sanctific- sanctification, like not just saying, Lord, I'll deal with the fact that you want me to be, become patient. No, it's like, Lord, I want to become more like you. I want to look patient like you. I want to look gentle like you. And with that, we talk about communion. We brought up the passage, uh, Psalm 51, 10, um, 10 through 12, but we're just going to read 10 and 12 today. It talked about creating me a pure heart and renew, re, remind me, renew the right spirit within me, and then remind me of the joy of my salvation remind me of that again remind me of that so we're creating and we're asking the lord to say lord help me see that help me create in me a pure heart i want to have a pure heart and i want to hunger i want to thirst it's something we long for and remind me of the joy of my salvation take it take the bread take the wine eat it or sometimes if i heard somebody did it this way take the pizza take your pop you <laughs> know but i think it's really it's not like that to make fun or even like to belittle, but like, when you take food intentionally, not because you're hungry, but because you're like, Lord, I want to take in remembrance of you. I want to, this may be all I have, but I want to do this remembrance of me, remembrance of Jesus and what he did for it on the cross. So we talked about Matthew 5, 6. I'm going to, we're going to blaze through some of these because these are some from last week. They will be in notes. So if you don't, if you want notes and you have an email address, well, congratulations, you will get my notes. So just give me the email address. Um... Yeah, so create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And we talk about those who are hunger and thirsting for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is from Jesus. He's like, blessed are you. Blessed when you take and you eat. He talks about his blood. He talks about his body being broken. Because we want to look more like Jesus, not because we do this out of Habitual like habit' We're not this is not a habit thing we do. this is a beautiful thing that we get to do. We take, we eat because we need to be reminded of the joy of our salvation. We need that, we need that because sometimes we creep in it's when you get a little pride prideful, I praise God for those who kind of kick me in the shins a little bit to say, "Hey, watch it, watch your pride level. your pride levels is creeping up there a little bit. Praise God for people like that will hold you accountable and Bring you not because they're mean, but because their desire to see betterness in you, to become more holy like he is holy. So we don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. Romans twelve, two, it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be I've lost my place, sorry. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As we are engaging with God, renewing our mind, as we take and eat, we say, Lord. When I start doing this, not out of habit, not out of religion, but out of a relationship, I long to know more about you and what you did and the cost that it took. I want to know that because then I start engaging with his mindset, his heartbeat, his idea of who he is. We start getting engaged with him, um, and uh, so because like I mean, again, I'm going to take the relationship thing. If you want to get to know somebody very well, if you want to get to know your spouse again better. Start getting rid of the things that get in the way. Stop playing the video games. Stop watching the movies. Sit down and talk with one another. You want to take. You want to. You want to get to know that person, and you want to know who your wife is. When you want to know who your spouse is, you want to know your your friend. You want to know those people. You will do the things necessary to lay them aside, and you will consume the time, the relationship. You're like, okay, I want to know who you are as a person. I want to know what gets, makes your heart tick. I want to get you, so I'm going to take, I'm going to eat, I'm going to get to know you, and also remind, praise God, I get to be with you. I get to be with you. So the joy of my salvation, this is kind of a recap. I know this is maybe for you, like, again, but I praise God that hopefully this isn't boring. I, I hope that it's actually encouraging, because Luke 22:15 15 through 20 says, he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them saying, this about, I'm just going to grab it because why not? We're going to take this. I'm not going to take the juice. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the juice, but it's going to be a little hard to actually do what he did. But we're taking this. We're taking these things. He's like, okay, take it. Take it. Break it. This is my body that's been broken for you. Broken for you. And not only just like, oh, thank you for breaking my, your body, but I take it and I receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It becomes a part of you. If you eat something, it becomes a part of you. And we already talked about Leviticus. It, it's such a sacred and beautiful thing that we we get to do. We get to take a part of this the sacrifice because he is what? He's the is he the sin offering? Yeah. Yes, he is. Do we get to take Why do we even get to take it? But w- were we allowed to take it before? No. no. You were not allowed to touch that stuff. It was very holy, it was sacred. You were never allowed to do it. Only There's only one family that was allowed to, and that was the priest and his family. Man, but because we did what? We received him. Oh, sorry, I read through, and you didn't even get to read with me. Sorry, I apologize. This is why I turn my head, by the way, because I'm trying to keep track of my notes, and then I swivel. Um, John 1, 12 through 13. Yet all who did what? Receive him, taking the bread, receiving him. To those who believed in his ha- name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah. We're not born of natural descent. We're not born of human decision. We're not born of a husband's will, but we are born of God. That's, good. That's who we are. We become a royal priesthood, a chosen people, it says in 1 Peter 2.9. A holy nation. We were not this before, but now we are this thing. This is what we were not, and now we are. It talks about we were not a people, but now you're the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you've received what do we receive. It's mercy. We got it. We received it. We took it. We ate it. It says in Leviticus six seventeen through 18. Uh, this is just pertaining to how they actually took care of this stuff. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. The food offerings are most holy. Any male descendant of Aaron Aaron may eat it. For all generations to come, it is a perpetual share of the food offerings presented to the Lord. Whatever touches them will be holy. We will become holy. We take, we eat. We get to do that because we are now a chosen, chosen people. And now it's important that we do communion together. We have become a royal priesthood, right? Not just by yourself. You're not a priest by yourself, right? You know that. We're one body. We do this together. This brings us together. This is important because what happens is we do this by ourselves. or We do this individual. And we think about all the people that we have, you know, outside. Like, remember, I challenged you this week. Like, Lord, if there's anyone I have something against, no matter how small, no matter how big, Bring it to mind. Bring it to mind. Did you guys? I'm not. You don't have to show your hands, but maybe you can secretly nod. <laughs> like, give me that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did that. And um, but did you guys feel like that went well? I don't want to condemn anybody. It was hard. I mean, you guys can testify if you want. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just not putting pressure on you. Was it Was it hard? Was it good? Was it challenging? Did something come to mind? And someone's face come to mind? And you're like. Like, like, oh wow, that's in me. I wanted to punch that person in the face. That made me so mad. <laughs> that's important. Thank you, God, for bringing anybody to mind, no matter how big, how small. And Lord, just like, just asking, Lord, okay, do I have something against them? Because we don't want to go to the offering. We don't want to like do this time of worship. This is this time of worship can be beautiful, right? And it can feel beautiful for for some people who are not engaging, and they're like. I love when God brings to mind something. I have something against somebody right in the middle of worship. He's like, you've kind of been a jerk. And he's like, because he's like, I don't really care for what you're doing right now because, you know, you can sing really great. Good job. Everyone else is enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not pleased by this. This is not pretty to me. It smells like dung, okay? It's gross. Do you want to smell crap? <laughs> like, just, I don't want to smell it. He's like, I want what's pure, what's holy what's in you to be pure and holy. If I've forgiven, you also ought to forgive. Let it go. It's so important. And I, I've been looking for this and praying through this because it is a tricky thing. Oh, there's the passage. There we go. We are chosen people. There it is. We're going to skip to this. So um, if you are, if that is not right. If you, oh, there we go. It's English. If I can read it, that would work if you are offering your gift at the altar and they're remembering that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. That tricky little word, if you remember that your brother and sister has something against you, which means you've done something to them. Now the question is, if they don't know that they've done something, what do you do now it's tricky it's like what cuz like it's trickier now cuz we're more distant that community was pretty close and if there's something there's probably pretty well known and and that culture they pretty much told everybody how they felt and it's just how it's how they worked but here in this kind of place where we are we can live hours and hours away from people we can call them But some things they did on social media and said something completely offensive that hurt your heart, or they said something that just really, I don't know, they just said something to some other person, and somehow it got to you. Because, you know, we're really close to people because of social media. We're really close because we have these things called smartphones that bring us together, but really sometimes also tear us apart because we have no idea. Or, you know, you send a text and they don't reply to you. And you really love this person and you're like pursuing a relationship and they've offended you. Even that is a little offense, right? That could be hurt. That could be offense. That could be something and then you're mad at them. But they have no clue that you're mad at them. If you know that your brother and sister have something against you, go to them. But if they don't know, you need to probably go, hey, by the way, I've been mad at you. I'm so sorry. Going repentance. We talked about if you have anything against them too. Because they need to know that they've done something hurtful, but not to say, we don't want to tattle and say, hey, you've done something wrong to me. I need you to apologize and just so, no, I want to make it right. I know that I'm mad at you for whatever you did. It wasn't, I know it wasn't intentional. I've had to do this with a few people. It's like, I know it was not your intention. But it hurt me, and I'm sorry I've been so angry about it for so long and I didn't even say anything to you. I need to ask for your forgiveness. Would you forgive me for being so angry, for being so bitter at you? For no reason, really. I mean, whether it was a good reason or not that good of a reason, we still go. We still repent. I mean, we talked about joyful repentance. We talked about unoffendable heart. Those are very important things to come. This is helpful. When you go to this kind of stuff, when you go like, Lord, when I think about what you've done for me, do I have any right to be offended? That doesn't mean you can't hurt and be hurt. That means you don't let it sit faster. Cancerous. So first go, be reconciled to them, then comment off your gift. It doesn't have to be a big deal. But it has it is a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing where you write a letter and ten weeks later they get it and you know it just just go and say, You know, I'm sorry, I've been mad. Let me call you. Don't text them. That's I think it's I think calling is just so important. Voice to voice or at least face to face. So something there. All right. I know we've read this passage several times, but it's very powerful. And on top of that, it continues on in uh, verse 14 and 15. Therefore, since we are surrounded by great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So if you're struggling in sin or struggling with someone else, you have not struggled to the point of blood. But make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Is that everyone? Everyone. Everyone. And to be holy. Without holiness, we've talked about this. This is important. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. No one will. So when you go to work, do you look like Jesus or do you look like a guy that goes to work or a girl that goes to work and you're just there to work? I was I talk to I was talking with Fred. I just I love my conversations with Fred because it's just important. He goes to work. He doesn't have to talk about Jesus a bunch, but he asks Holy Spirit. He engages with Holy Spirit. He's like, okay, Lord, I could either show up, do my clock in, if my tasks are done, I clock out and done. I could just check out for the rest of the day. But he's a radical servant where he goes, he says, Okay, Holy Spirit, what can I do today? That's I'm done with all my tasks. He's done, he's done the good enough. But he asked the Lord, Holy Spirit, what can I do to be helpful today, to do something today? That's rare, that's not usual. That's very unusual. In fact, a lot of people would love to just check into a job, then check out once their tasks are done and just be done and just survive through their day. But I love the fact that we want to be known as a peculiar people, to be above reproach, to look holy, like he's trying to do what's right. He's trying to be honorable and show godliness wherever he is. And that shows because people see it. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. When we start gossiping and complaining about other people, because, you know, people do drive us nuts, but when we just complain a bunch and hurt them a bunch and slander them a little bit, maybe make a joke or two about them, the way we talk about people, our lips and our tongue Man, it shows how much love we have and how much we don't. What we have and what we lack. Man, I want to be, have a salty tongue that's savory and sweet and kind. I want to be speaking life into people, especially when they're not there. Because, man, wow, what a cool thing to feel like somebody, oh, I heard about you. I heard really good things about you. They're just sharing. How encouraging is that? How much love does that show for somebody? And see to it that no one falls short. Let's continue in 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many, many. It's so important to him. He's like, cut that root out. If you want a weed to stop, you got to get it by the roots. Get it out. You don't want to let that grow. I just, I, I love Jesus' love. I love the way he's trying to show it. It's like we can have, we need to have grace for one another. I think this shows you the grace that Jesus had. This shows you the mercy that God had for one another. And I love this story. I'm just going to read through it shortly. I don't want to read all of it just because many of you might know this story. But the teachers of the law, Jesus is, t- is meeting with the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And they bring in this woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and, G- and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any of you who who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go, leave your life of sin. He's not condemned. He's not here come to, like, crush us but to free us onto something like we've been living the the bare minimum he's like no go and sin no more he's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna condemn you i'm going to ask you to go as far as you close as you want to come to me he's inviting her in now when we live with condemnation constantly and crushing weight of sin he's like man that's not my design for you that was not my desire for you to live in shame and condemnation. He's like, no, I desired to have love and to relationship and obedience. And man, I just invite you back in. It's why he shares the parable of the the, the, the prodigal son, why he goes away and he comes back. He's like, I'm not condemning you and making you earn this position back. He's like, no, I'm glad you turned. I'm glad you came back. I want to invite you back in. So we want to, as we... As we have grace for others, and we, we need to see others as the prodigal son versus just us. Because when we recognize what he's done in us, we recognize what he's doing or is going to do or has done in other people's lives. We can have grace and mercy. We can walk with a little more kindness and a little more love. Especially as we take this bread. This is the, this is the level playing field right here. This brought blood, this body. It levels the playing field for all of us, for all of our anger, for all of our frustration, for all of our bitterness. It levels it. It destroys it. It says, Lord, I don't want to build a wall of offense. I want you to level it. I want to be in love with what you've done. I want to be humble with what you've done with your body. I don't deserve this. I don't. I could not possibly deserve this ever. He shifted it. He changed it, he, he worked with his rules that he set up, and he broke everything that we could possibly imagine he could do. He restored what he wanted. He did what he longed for. And even when Jesus, uh, this is the heart posture. When we look at Jesus, when you think he's also being crushed, broken, he doesn't even look recognizable anymore. He's up on that cross, beaten, bloody, and bruised, broken. But yet, yet... He's looking at each one of them, saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They do not know what they're doing. Can we have that love? God, help us have that love. I want to have that love. I want to have that mercy. I want to have that for- heart of forgiveness, kindness, gentleness. Even when they're slapping my cheek, turn the other cheek also. That's hard. People are so unkind, people are so fast with their words. Cutting, but Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They're just, they're just spitting out what they know. When they do things and say harmful things to our man, especially for those who are closest to us, family is hard. Family can hurt us the most. Man, Lord, help me to love my family well. Siblings, you know how it goes. And I'm still struggling with this. This is something, and this is just being me, being personal. Um. I try to be personal, but like, my grandma passed away this last week. Um, and I love her so much, and it's hard for me to think about her because she was my mom's mom, and she passed. My mom passed away five years ago, and the year after that, I really didn't see much of my grandma. She was. It was just too much, and she, she's a tough woman. She's she's just tough in her. She's got thick skin. She's got a very very thick skin. Um. I mean she lost her husband way way long long time ago. He was an alcoholic, very very angry. So, you know, it's 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 not a perfect family. It's not a, it's not what God wanted. But I love my mom and my mom was just a peacemaker, a restorer, keeping the relationships together and it was just really sweet to see what my mom's influence was because she loved with the love of Christ. Now did my there's some so there's some people on there like did they deserve that? Did uh could you've had a lot of offense a lot of offense a lot of hurt i can't imagine like you love your dad but he's abusive how can you deal with that how can you reconcile that you live in poverty and your mom's tough on you you have some siblings that drive you crazy and they and they're very hurt i mean i can't tell you the stories because it's just it's to me it hurts my heart it hurts my heart more than anything else because i know like lord that's not your design it makes me sad that this these are families that are broken but broken people make more broken people. And we are broken. We're all broken. And it makes me sad because she lived with a lot of regret and anger all the days of her life because of the things she allowed to keep in there. She allowed to keep things, too many things in there in her life. And I don't know. And this story is not over. I know this story's not over. But for her, it's she's gone. And it makes me sad. And I'm not, I don't want to use this as a platform to, like, see... I don't want to use that as that. I want you to understand that's not God's purpose. It's not God's purpose to live alone and to be isolated from one another because of little bits, little roots of bitterness that grow and grow and grow. And I go back and try to remember the good memories of my, my grandma, but it's sometimes when those things happen, it makes me just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart a lot just to think that this is not your plan, God. This is not your plan. But Lord, redeem this. Redeem this. I need to pray that more and more. I've been struggling with that prayer sometimes. I'm like, Lord, redeem this. I, I feel a lot of anger and frustration at some people there. But i like, Lord, redeem this situation. This is not your plan. But this is not over. The story is not over yet. Man. But when we do these things when I feel it struggle for anger, legitimate anger, for what I longed for, for a relationship with my grandma, a relationship with some people that have just not done the right thing, that have not been godly. But what can I expect? What can I expect? We talked about it before. If I just shake my finger at the poverty, like, you know, I, I think I shared that example. Was it last week or the week before? We get so angry at people who don't know better. They're living in lawlessness, all right? They don't understand. When we get mad at our neighbors and people and friends around us, they're like living like, wow, like what is going on there? It's brokenness, just brokenness. But it's the same thing as like being clothed in righteousness and pointing our fingers down at the poverty person, the person who's living without anything, without even nice clothes on, has no food, and shaking our finger at them like they should know better. This is the game changer. It's a game changer. Stop it. Stop being angry. Stop condemning. That's not what we're, our job. That's not even remotely our job. We've taken it upon our job to be the guys that tell everybody what they're doing is wrong. That's not our job. We're called to invite. We're called to stoop down, sit with them, talk with them. Love them. That's why everyone can get it. They did not understand. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I'm sorry. Pharisees did not get it. Lord, redeem their hearts because I don't know what he did with them. Lord, I think that he shifted some of them, but I don't know. But I know that they condemned a whole lot. They didn't like Jesus sitting with the sinners and, and, and the tax collectors. He did not like that. But Jesus is like, I am showing you a better way. I'm showing you the only way that these people are going to get it is by love By sitting with them, that doesn't mean adapt to them. That doesn't mean put on their clothes. Do not put on their clothes. You are clothed in righteousness. But when they see you and you're sitting with them and loving on them and inviting them up, inviting them to showing, like, look how much Jesus loves you. Look how much, oh, look, this is not who you're called to be. This is not who you're called to be. Speak life, prophetic life. Ask Holy Spirit for words of prophetic words. And even if the only prophetic word that comes to mind is says, Jesus loves you and you're called. That's it? That seems like not much. What if I just say John 3.16 and that's just not enough? Like, or, no. Wow. That's still the word of God. That's still speaking the word of God over them and inviting them up. Because you're calling him higher. You're not saying you're doing it wrong because you're pushing him down. You're inviting him higher. And this reminds you that you can keep doing that because he did that first. When you look, man, look at Isaiah. And I, I, I could read this. I could just, I don't even know if I can read this. This is just, he was despised. He was rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he, Jesus, was despised. despised, And we held him in low esteem. But surely he took up our pain. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each one of us. Each one of us has turned our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. He will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's us. Last point. Catch the foxes. I've talked about it a few times, and Michelle wisely said, maybe they don't understand what that means. Just, just make sure you understand it. <laughs> Elaborate. There's a Song of Solomon. That just, it's, a, it's a really good passage. So catch it for us. The foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards are vineyards that are in bloom. Now, foxes love to destroy little things. They just go in, they sneak around. They're sneaky. They're sneaky little things. But God designed us Again, like the fruit is blooming. Things are happening in our lives. Man, that's when Satan loves. He's, wait, he's very patient. He's very patient. He works in the right timing. And he's like, ooh, look, they're having a great day. They're loving the Lord. They're pursuing him. Just wait. I have the right moment. I'm going to bring that right person, and I'm going to use them. It's not the person. It's the principalities, right? It's not flesh. It's it's what Satan is trying to do. And sometimes he loves using people. And he brings that right person, and they say the thing that he just encouraged them to say, and they're operating not in their own, their own flesh, but in the spirit of the darkness of this age. They're operating in something different. But here's the thing. Shut it down. They'll say something like, okay, ooh, I, you start thinking about what that person's saying. You just keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it Like, oh, so-and-so said that. I can't believe they said that about me. And then you just start going over in your mind. Or if they don't reply, I love that feeling, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be on the texting thing for a second. But like when you see the three dots and they're like, you're like waiting for the reply and, you know, you can get so easily offended. You've let something that is really kind of sometimes really nothing. You're letting it come in and start destroying a little bit of fruit or you let sin come in and destroy the fruit. You're having a great day and all of a sudden temptation comes out of nowhere. You're like, where am I? Why am I? What is, where is this? Where am I? That's not, that's the little foxes. He loves, he loves to destroy what God is building in you. He's crafting you and he's shaping fruit. He's like, ooh, I'm loving how you're becoming patient and kind. He's like, I'm going to destroy it before it becomes a big thing. He wants to do that. I think I'm, I've got this passage two times. Oh, let's see here. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to read through part of it. I'm not going to read through all of it. Because we talk about how we need to, this is an encouragement for First Corinthians 11. It's an encouragement to take the bread, to do communion. He's talking about the way we should do this, saying, no, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he talks about the blood, the, the cup, the wine. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Remember me. Do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup for you, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why I keep encouraging us. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The little foxes are there. They're doing a work. Get them out. Get the root of bitterness out, the root of offense out. Get it out. If there's anyone that has anything against you, I love when people come up to me and say, hey, I just, that was by one of my favorite things. I feel more love when people come to me and say, actually, I've been irritated with you. I'm like, oh, good. Yay, awesome. You know why? Because you love me enough to tell me. And then they, oh, I love that. One of my favorite, one of my favorite people in life, We weren't favorite people in life. We would sit in staff meetings after staff meetings, and I've noticed him start, stop listening to me and like kind of teasing me a little bit and making fun of me a little bit during the staff meetings, and this is an H2O, and he uh, would just say things. I'm like, what is going on with him? Like, I just can't get it. Like, I don't get what's going on here. I feel like there's no connection. And then eventually we did something really like, and it was always about worship and how I could shorten it up a little bit. Obviously today I haven't shortened it up at all. Um, We keep going. We keep pressing in. So, but it was we had like this this wonderful prayer night and worship night, and I just saw him with his headphones on, not listening to anything we were playing or singing or praying. He was so unengaged, and I thought, that's I was just really annoyed. I was really annoyed. Like really, we worked for hours to put this prayer meeting together and have this time, and we have all these worship teams that have just been lined up. We're all we're all having a good time, and there he is with his headphones on, listening to his music. What he prefer. And so I had a heart check. I was like, well, I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm not going to say anything. But I'm not going to be mad at him. Okay, I, he is where he is. I don't get it. But whatever. Like, whatever, dude. Um, but he came to me the very next day. And he said, I was praying. I was, I was trying to engage. He's like, I was listening to my own music. And I took my headphones out for a second. And I heard everybody praying. He's like, I was so unengaged with what God was doing in the room. I was totally lost. He's like, I felt so out of touch with everyone. And he said, God said, he pointed exactly what the problem was. He's like, it's because you've let your root of offense disconnect you. You are offended at Caleb. And look what has happened. It's not only between you and Caleb, but now everybody else. Look what you're missing out on. It was so beautiful. And he came up to me the very next day. He's like, Caleb, that was what God showed me. He said, I was mad at you. And he said, honestly, it was about nothing. I just let something I didn't like about you become an offense about you. And then I stopped talking with you and I stopped engaging with you. And, was like, and I realized I wasn't loving you anymore. And he repented. And it was so beautiful because I, I just, we're best friends now. We're really, really good friends now because I felt the love for him, that he had for me. And I felt so much love for him. I'm like, wow. We get to be restoration and relationship, but it was because he was engaged with God's heart. And this is why, again, we do these things. When little moments, and I know we are annoying. I am annoying. I can be very annoying, whether you believe it or not, or whether you already understand it or not. I will become annoying to you eventually. But you're going to take this and you're going to eat it. And you're like, Lord, as much as Caleb's driving me crazy today, I'm going to take this and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to love my brother. I might speak some truth in his life. Praise God, do that. I always invite that. I always invite it because, man, I am, I'm not smart. I can be, I can be a smart aleck, but I'm not very smart. I can be rude. I can be selfish. I can be callous. I could be all the things. I could say dumb things out of my mouth with a lot of brazenness and just be so rough. So guess what? You're going to have to tell me when I hurt you because I did at some point. And I want to hear that because that's not my desire. I'm working against, that's my flesh. I'm working against that to say, I want to be kind. I want to have a salty tongue. I want to be savory. I want to be sweet. I want to restore things with my mouth and speak life. I'm going to go past this because it does talk a lot about, um, we already read this passage, but this is the passage reference. But um, we want to keep our hearts sacred before the Lord. I'm not going to go anymore. I, I, I want to sh- finish it before I keep talking. I just do that a lot. And I want, I want Holy Spirit to do what he's doing. Not me, Holy Spirit. Because I just, I love what he does. So I'm going to, before I keep talking, I'm going to shut myself up. This is what I have to tell myself, okay. Um, we're just going to come up. There's, there's gluten-free bread. There is non-gluten-free bread. I don't know what it is, but um, it's really good bread. We have Capri Suns. Um, but we also have just uh, these little those little packets. If you Whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll provide more if there's not enough. Um, we have more in the back, but I want you guys to take it. I want you to sit for just a few minutes. Just pray. And just ask the Lord, what are you doing in my heart? Is there something I have against anyone or even against you, Lord? I want to just be in right relationship with you. I want to take and enjoy it and remind myself of the joy of my salvation. I want to go back to where I first started when I was just found out about you, just discovered your love, just discovered your love for me. I want to go back to that sweetness, the joy of my salvation.